Hello, everyone. This is Joyce Davis, Pen Lives Outreach and Opinion Editor, and you know this is Battleground PA. I have really been looking forward to this one because we are, of course, in the midst of the battle, but it is now approaching a finale. Uh, we only have a little while to go, and uh, this is really when the rubber meets the road. So stay tuned. I'm going to be right back with Rajette Harris on the Democratic side and with Jeffrey Lloyd on the Republican side for our Battleground PA podcast. Stay tuned. This is Battleground PA, a pen live podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Okay, I am back. It's Joyce Davis, Pen Lives Outreach and Opinion Editor. And if you'd like to join us, you certainly can do so. Send me an email at topics at battlegroundpa.org or check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Battleground PA. Hey, Rochette. Hey, Jeffrey. It's a battleground, right? <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. But, you know, and the only thing we know for sure is that everybody in the country thinks it's the same battleground. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Well, we're the center of the, of the universe, right? Am I right? We really are. Uh, that's what I was told when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that about you. That's true. But Pennsylvania is really the center of action right now. We know that the president and, and, the, and, and, and Vice President Joe Biden, they are coming in and out of here. So things are happening. But before we get started on all of this, I just want you guys just to stop and reflect. Is this race what you thought it would be? Here, what, we're two weeks away or, or less than two weeks away. Rochette, have there been surprises? Is this where you thought we would be? What What are your thoughts? 13 days away, and I always thought that it would be a turnout election. So in that sense, it is the type of election I thought it would be. Um, of course, there's been surprises along the way, um, but I always knew this would come down to turnout. Huh. Okay, and Jeffrey, are you? Is this what you thought? Are you where we thought we would be right now? Well, you know, absent small shocks like COVID and yeah. riots and all of that sort of thing, yeah. I mean, I think Rosette is right. It is a turnout election. I thought it was going to have to be that way myself, uh, and I think I've said in the past that I spent a little time looking at various Pennsylvania counties and comparing Trump to. Uh, the returns for for uh, Romney, McCain, and Bush, mm-hmm. and in every single instance, he did better than they did, and and that's turnout. I mean, that what that means is, you know, in a practical sense, that people are enthused enough to come out and vote, whether it's for Trump or anybody else. And in this case, it was Trump. So, yeah, I do think uh, turnout is is all here. Well, Penn Live has a story at you know that's basically uh, talking about. Uh, how things look, how Pennsylvania is so key. And they're saying three counties, Erie, Lucerne, and Northampton, uh, apparently were notable keys in Trump's win before, but, you know, they're up for grabs now. I mean, is is that what you expected, Jeffrey? Uh, yeah, I was a little surprised by Northampton, but certainly Lucerne and Erie, I can see. Uh, I would add in uh, possibly Lackawanna. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, that does that doesn't surprise me at all. These, these were the, I mean, what these are 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 you know like blue collar counties, um, where where you've got a lot of Democrats who voted for Trump. 
but but um, the, the question is, uh, Roger, are they voting back for for Biden? Are they going back to the Democratic blue? What what's going on? Well, one mistake uh, that Democrats made four years ago that we're not making this year is we're not taking any county for grant for granted. Hmm. For instance, Erie uh, normally uh, in the past has gone Democratic. Hillary Clinton did not go to Erie once four years ago. Uh, we can't say that this year. Uh, Joe Biden has been there himself, himself plus uh, plenty of uh, surrogates. One thing that I do think is encouraging is turnout is already higher than it was four years ago. And a lot of that is because we have a new method of voting, which is vote by mail. Mm. Um, so people are voting in record numbers, not just here, but across the country. And as we all know, high turnout normally means good things for Democrats. Right, right. Well, let me so tell very you. Encouraging. I'm not taking it for granted, of course. Anything right. can happen, but it's very encouraging. But your point is well made. I mean, it's record-breaking voter turnout. Uh, I, as you guys know, I had the Secretary of State uh, Bukvar on, on Facebook Live, and she was really revved up and trying to push to get people past a certain... And now it looks like we have more than, well, it looks like almost 700,000 mail-in ballots that were that have been returned. I mean, Jeffrey, does are you concerned that this 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 voting turnout this looks like it's going to favor the Democrats over the Republicans? What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I'm not I, because I look at the crowds. Uh, I mean, having been to some of the, the rallies myself, uh, I, I had a chance to talk with Vice President Pence just uh, this week. Um, there was a tremendous turnout for him over here in New Cumberland. Um, I, I just see the enthusiasm for the president is in all kinds of places. And I think that that's partially reflected just because Democrats are turning in ballots doesn't mean they're necessarily voting for Joe Biden. Oh, so you think these Democrats who are rushing out to the polls and, and getting their ballots in the mail and uh, with such urgency, you think they're doing all of that for Donald Trump this time? Uh, I, think, I, think, I think a portion of them can, yes. And one other thing that I think is always important that I have seen here this year with Donald Trump that I have not seen in the past with other Republican nominees, I personally have had uh, phone calls. I have had uh, somebody knock on my door. I have had literature in the mail. Every possible way that you can contact a voter, I have personally experienced. That was not the case with the Romney campaign or the McCain campaign or even the Bush campaign. And none of them managed to carry Pennsylvania. So I just think that is you know, one of the elemental things that you do in a successful campaign for anything, for that matter. Well, let's, and let's uh, all of them have been happening. Let's talk to a Democrat. Now, he, he's still confident, uh, Rajette, that they're stealing Democrats. What are your thoughts? I mean, what, what does it feel like in the party? Well, as someone that deals with voters every day because of my position as the county chair, I, again, continue to get phone calls from Republicans in this state who are disillusioned with Trump. So they're voting for Biden. Now, are they voting Democrat for every single race? No. And that's something as a Democrat party, we have to be mindful of. We are going to have Republicans to vote for Joe Biden because of them not liking Trump's behavior over the years, but they're still going to vote uh, Republican for the rest of the races. So, you know, one of my focuses also, as you both know, is we need to take the Senate. 
the U.S. Senate. And even though we don't have that seat here in Pennsylvania, we have a very good chance of picking up Senate seats. Arizona, for instance, North Carolina. Again, the polls look encouraging. We can't live by the polls, but they do look encouraging. We have Jamie Harrison in South Carolina. That one is a personal one for me. I would love to take out Lindsey Graham. <laughs> I will admit that. <laughs> but, but, you know, we have... A, a huge opportunity here um, as a Democrat party, not just on the presidential side. And I think this record turnout is also to help our congressional candidates. We're only four seats away in the in the Pennsylvania State Senate to take control of the state Senate, which means we would have control of those committees, which means we could control the agenda. So yeah. there's a lot at stake. So I think there's different reasons why we're seeing this uh, high turnout. And I don't think we're going to see as we saw last time, a lot of Democrats vote for Trump, even with his rallies. And yes, the president always attracts a large crowd, but it's mostly his base. There has been no type of indication that he's been able to expand that base past individuals who already supported him. So unless he has finds a way well, to do I, that I would, in 30 days. I, I would she's just. She's raising I, there, Jennifer. You go ahead. I, I would just say that. Uh, through the wonders of uh, 21st century technology, the people who run these Trump rallies are able to tell uh, whether somebody is a Republican or a Democrat, whether they have been, uh, whether they're a new voter, whether they voted before or not. And I am told that if, uh, a, a real chunk of people showing up for these rallies are in fact Democrats, and some of them are people who have not previously voted. Uh, so I just think that, you know, that that's an interesting fact. I mean, that's something that in the past there was no way of knowing, but through the wonders of technology here, they do know. And I think that's interesting. I mean, right, but we have access to that same technology. As a county chair, I have access to other registered voters here in Dauphin County and their voting histories and stuff. So, you know, both parties do have access to that. So I won't deny that. But again, there's no indications to show that we're going to have millions of Democrats vote for Donald Trump. There's just no indications of that. I'm not saying it won't happen. But I don't see what we're not running against Hillary Clinton last time. And this time, the Democrats, we are not taking this election for granted. Well, uh, the other thing that, frankly, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about the votes. But the other thing that I think is of concern, Jeffrey, and that's been reported even by Fox, is that suburban women seem to be peeling away from the president, basically because of his behavior. I mean, uh, what's being done to kind of shore that up? Because he definitely needs that. You can't lose that. that I, I, I just don't buy the argument to begin with. I mean, as mm. I say, I've been to these rallies. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, quote unquote, suburban women right there in front of me. Um, they were there for the vice president the other day. They were, I, I mean, I, I just don't agree. Well, uh, you know what? I hear you don't agree, but at least that is what the people who are out there researching this are saying. And it's good to keep a positive attitude. I'm definitely wanting to do that. But I tell you what, we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about the polls and what they're saying right now. And look, I know you guys don't like to believe polls, but they at least give a snapshot of where we are now and things could change. But hang on. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Okay, we are back with Battleground PA, and let's now talk about these polls. Now, Jeffrey, uh, the polls don't look good for our president. 
I mean, it, it, it is not something I think you're going to you're stepping up and cheering about. I mean, whether you believe it or not, let's see if you believe it or not. But they don't look good for where they stand. Now, it does even now show that uh, Biden is up by a little tiny point in Florida. But it shows that that's where the momentum is. So so what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I the first of all, I discount the national polls. Period. Oh, okay. I think they're I think they're worthless because we don't elect presidents that way. We we do it as we all know, state by state, which is why Pennsylvania is so important. Uh, <clears throat> secondly, I, I, the polls I have seen uh, show Joe Biden ahead in Pennsylvania by like two points or something like that. Well, that's you know margin of error stuff. Uh, that can be easily countered by enthusiasm. So, I mean, I really do think that the president has a really very good chance of carrying Pennsylvania and winning the election. Absolutely. Well, Rajet, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I, I, you must feel good about these polls. I mean, because they really do show, I mean, some of them are just beyond the uh, the margin of error. What, what, what are your thoughts, whether you're taking any confidence in this or not? Well, I understand where Jeffrey's coming from with the national polls, but mm -hmm. let's don't forget the national polls actually were correct four years ago. And I am willing to go on record to say that Joe Biden is going to win the popular vote. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The question is, where are those votes uh, going to come from? But even if you look at the state polls, um, mm -hmm. I think the last Pennsylvania poll I looked at, there was like a four a four point spread. So again, it's going it, it's going to be close, uh but let's not forget Trump only won the state by 44,000 votes. I mean, you could win that in Dauphin County alone. So <laughs> it's not like he won by millions and millions of votes here. And that's where I I do think the polls are very encouraging and the polls, regardless if it's a conservative group, a liberal group, or even internal polls. Um, I was listening to CNN just the other night, and even Ted Cruz was on there, uh, a U.S. senator from Texas, concerned about them losing, the Republican Party losing the Senate, because the polls also look good for Democratic congressional and Senate races. Now, I'm not saying if Joe Biden wins, that means we're going to take control of everything. But as we all know, um, a popular presidential candidate can help the down-ballot races. So I do think the polls are extremely um, encouraging for the Democrat Party. I know. If I there's, go ahead, Jeffrey. If there's, if, if there's, if there's on the one thing we, we everybody has learned, and certainly the three of us, is even with two weeks to go, God only knows what's going to happen in the next 24 hours and the next 24 hours after that that could have an impact on the race. So uh, I think point, we have Jeffrey. to be careful about that. That's a good point, Jeffrey. But here's the rub. I already voted. <laughs> and so have millions of other people. We, I, I already cast my vote. I, I mailed it in. I got it back saying it's been received and hallelujah. So, and there are a lot of people standing in lines, uh, not even taking the chances to put it in the mail because of the doubts and the, the doubt that's been struck there with the president saying the mail isn't working. But, you know, whatever happens now, it's still going to be too late for millions of voters. I mean, am I right? Which is exactly, Joyce, exactly why I'm not big on early voting. I mean, let's just say for the sake of the argument that Justice Ginsburg had not passed away until, say, today right. or yesterday. Uh, and and if you are a voter, uh, I don't mean you personally, I just mean you in the generic sense, and suddenly you realize that Supreme Court is a big issue for you, and it's too late. 
I mean, that's the kind of thing that I think is is just not good. Events happen. <clears throat> so yeah, I think when you vote when you vote early, you you have a you have a a real potential of some event happening that could change your mind. And I that's why I just don't think that's yeah, good. I think the people who voted early, their minds can't be changed. They know what they're going to do. They know why they're going to do it. And they're getting out there and doing it. Am I right? I mean, this this election, it's clear. The majority of people know what they want. I mean, one way or the other. And there's still some independents who are going to wait. But I, I think people have their minds made up. Right, Roger? I agree. The debate uh, that's this uh, tomorrow night's not going to change <laughs> many minds either. Remember, Donald Trump has been president for you might as well say four years now. So he's had he's been campaigning for four years. Um, as the Republicans like to say, Joe Biden has been in public office uh, most of his life, so he's been campaigning as well. So the American public up right now knows these two candidates very well, and that's why you don't see as big of an undecided block anymore because both of these individuals are very well, very well known. And I mean, I and, think that's that's another, and that's another surprise that we did not have four years. Now, granted, there's a lot of states that have always had early voting or vote by mail. But here in Pennsylvania, this is new for us. And I also think that's why we have a heavier turnout. Again, we get calls every day by seniors, people who are disabled. This makes it easier for them to vote because it's not easy or comfortable for them to go to the polls. So we are naturally going to have a higher turnout in this state. Absolutely. And I know uh, Secretary Bukvar did say that they're taking all precautions and doing everything they can to make sure that the polling places are sanitized and, and that all people are masked. But the truth is, if you're older, if you have underlying conditions, why take that chance? Why go out there and expose yourself where hundreds of people, if not thousands, will be going in and out? And you aren't, you don't know if the person sitting behind the desk has the coronavirus or not, and they may not know it, bless their hearts. So, I mean, th- frankly, this, this is good, but it's really a sign, I think you both realize, that there are few independent voters at this point. Now, clearly, Jeffrey, if I hadn't made up my mind, if I were trying to think, who do I, is it Trump? Is it, who do I, if I really hadn't been paying attention and needed, I wouldn't have voted. I would have waited. I'd still be waiting. I'd be, still be sitting on the fence. But Jeffrey, your mind's made up, right? You you could easily vote today. Nothing's going to change it tomorrow, right? Nope, but I'm going in person for sure. You're going in person. Good. <laughs> Please take care. Please take care. There'll be thousands of people going in with you, and I hope they, you know, you just hope that everything. Well, works. that that in and of itself, Joyce. I mean, I I am curious to see. I mean, one of the things, one of the small signs that I saw four years ago that led me to believe Donald Trump was going to win was the line at at my own individual polling place. And I will be curious to see with all the stuff that's going on with the COVID and all that kind of thing, you know, is there going to be a line on on uh, that Tuesday? I, I mean, I just well, don't know. And I will be... Because of all the opportunities people have had to vote before, that's what we're doing. But let's, let's move on because we still have I to just say something real quick, though. Um, I think this is also going to be a party divide because I can at least speak here in Dauphin County. <clears throat> Democrats uh, have applied for a mail-in vote application two to three times more than Republican voters have. So I do think you will see the majority of us voting by mail and a majority of Republicans going to the poll. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably right, because, I mean, there there really has been this divide on how you respond to the coronavirus. I mean, it, it's very clear that that people who are more siding on Trump are kind of 
more dismissive of it. That's not you, Jeffrey, but it seems to be so many will go to these rallies, will not social distance, will not wear masks. And and uh, we've seen at least encourage on the other side, wear your mask, stay home. Yes, stay, stay away from people, social distance. There really has been a divide on this issue, but and which is a shame. I, I really do think everyone. You know, every- it, it, Joyce, let me just let me just make an observation here. Yeah. Uh, I, I went up to speak uh, at, at an event in Crawford County, um, and uh, you know it was in a barn, three, four hundred people, this sort of thing. One of the things I that, that came across to me is <clears throat> that I, I really hadn't thought about is just how fed up a lot of Americans are with all the virus rules and regulations and all that kind of thing. I mean, to the point of being. Uh, angry about it and rebellious about it. Uh, frankly, that thought had not really <laughs> crossed my mind, but I could see it in their in their comments to me uh, individually in the way they acted. And I, I just, to me, that's an interesting political factor. There is another thought that's in this. People are angry at the people who are ignoring it. And I'm getting those kinds of letters. I'm running so many letters from people who are outraged at people who are getting fed up because they can't wear a mask. And they can't. We're in a pandemic where people are dying. And those people who just are so uh, self-centered and so angry that they can't simply live life as normal. Well, guess what? The pandemic isn't letting us live life as normal. If you care about your neighbor, this is very little to do. Americans have risen to the occasion before. We have sacrificed. And wearing a mask is not that big of a sacrifice. But I'm going to get off my high horse because that's where I am on this. I think we need, as Americans, to stick together, rise above, and help each other. But let's move on. We've got to go to the debate. Okay, now let's talk about the debate that's Thursday. Uh, Regette, you said it's not going to change anybody's mind, but clearly, I guess people are going to be tuning in. What do you think Biden's going to want to tell them? Well, for one thing, Biden is going to be able to tell the American people something because they're allowing the moderator to mute the mics. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one positive thing. But, you know, this is his chance to give his closing argument to let people know what his vision is for the next four years and why he should be elected president. Because I still believe that people want to know what these candidates are going to do for them because we are in a pandemic and it has affected everyone, maybe not health wise, but maybe financially, maybe educationally with their children. It's affected all of us in one shape or form. So so Biden is going to have to give his vision as to if he is elected, what he is going to do to help the American people. Well, Jeffrey, it looks like Kristen Welker is going to be the moderator, and she's a Philadelphia person. Uh, uh, but how is uh, how do you think Trump's feeling about what is going to be hit? I know he doesn't like the mics being mute, uh, muted. I know that's one thing. I, I think that's disgraceful that they, they're mute. I mean, who are these people to mute the president of the United States or the Democratic nominee for president of the United States? I just think that's atrocious. And I frankly think this should, if if it isn't, it should be the end of this presidential commission on debates. I mean, this is this is a monstrosity here, uh, I, I, Senator Dole. It's disgraceful that we even have to have this discussion because of the president's behavior at the first debate, and then he pulled out of the second debate. I think it's a shame it even has to come to this because I mean, these out. debates these debates are structured uh, unfairly. Uh, what you've got as moderators are people who are liberals or establishment types. 
Um, what we should do is just in the future have one liberal moderator and one conservative moderator, and they take turns. I mean, I'm all for Kristen Welker being paired with Sean Hannity, for example. And then they collectively get to question the Republican and Democratic nominee, and the rules should be worked out by the two parties, not by this they debate were, commission. Senator, Dole, Senator Bob Dole said he knows all the Republicans on the debate commission, and they're all never Trumpers. Now, how fair is that? It is the president of the uh, uh, President Trump and his campaign during the first debate agreed to the rules that each person would get two minutes to speak without any interruption. He went against the rules that he personally agreed to. And don't forget, the first debate was moderated by Chris Wallace, who is a conservative and is on Fox. He's not Chris Wallace is not a conservative. He's a. Yeah, he's I mean, uh, he's, he's a, a very nice guy, but he's an establishment, Washington establishment journalist. He's, I mean, he's, he's seen as very, very fair. Though. He's a respected journalist, and he did yes. not come from CNN. He came from Fox. But let, let's just let's just say we're we're going to have this debate. And and Jeffrey, I'm just going to have to tell you, all so many people were turned off. I had people, young people, saying they couldn't even watch the first debate because of the president's behavior. And and so many, many voters, many people who really want to hear what both have to say are going to be very happy that there's not going to be this talking over and angry and 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 not letting uh, Biden get a thought out kind of thing. So I don't know. I think we're split on that issue as well. Many people. Well, I do think I do think that from a tactic point of view, the president should just let Biden talk. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that's a and, good and thing, I, because I, I just think he, he has a he has a problem completing his thoughts frequently enough. Let him let him be on display. Let him go. I agree. And I think that should be vice versa. The president should just be allowed to say what he has to say in his allotted time. Let him get out all of his complete thoughts or whatever he wants. And the same for Biden. That's what we're talking about. And then we will see. We'll be able to see whether there's a problem, whether there isn't a problem, but you can't tell when it's it's like that, where nobody completes a sentence. So we'll, we'll see. But I will say this. This is going to put, uh, once again, Pennsylvania in the center of attention. And do we? what else do we know about Welker? Do you, do you guys know anything at all about her and, and how fair do we think she's going to be? Just that uh, uh, somebody has done research into her family. And they're, they've been big-time Democratic donors. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, I hadn't heard of her until all of this. Um, and she she apparently brought her father to to an Obama Christmas party, White House Christmas party. From an eye, from a from an objective standpoint, none of that looks fair. So, well, but you can't judge her by her family. And I mean, her family isn't a journalist; she is. And I think something that the Republicans have been doing, um, which I don't think is going to work, uh, just like the president went after um, Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden's son, for his uh, previous his prior drug problem, is trying to attack people based on their family. Um, you well, know, her family are Democrats. <clears throat> I know people. Uh, one of my good friends is Republican, but yet. Their whole family is Democrat. <laughs> I, I'm always saying, what happened to you? You know, we have jokes like that all the time. But, you, you know, you can't. People are individuals. And you have to judge her by her body of work. Not well, let me let me just say, you, you said the magic. Which there's nothing wrong with. Don't get me wrong. But it's not fair to say she's going to be biased because her father is a Democrat. That's the point I'm trying to make. 
Let me just say, you said the magic words, Hunter Biden. That really is a serious issue. And whether the vice president's uh, family has been making off like bandits, um, using his political offices as vice president and senator before that to make a fortune for the Biden family. Issues that people will be looking at as they cast their votes. So, but let, let's move on also. I know we've talked about Hunter Biden. That's been plowed over. So people have made their mind up on that. But let's, well, there's new stuff. That's why I say it. Fauci, is that really going to help him during a time where people still are turning to people like Dr. Fauci for guidance as we face what we fear is going to be a second wave? Why is this heating up like this between Trump and this chief medical person? Because he can't control him. Trump only likes people he can control. And Dr. Fauci is not going so many. It's amazing to me, the men and women that have ruined their reputations and careers over Donald Trump. Dr. Fauci is not one of them. He's built, uh, what did they say, 40 years a career, a reputation on speaking what his truth and what he believes to be fact. And well, did he get everything right? Of course not. But he has been right the majority of the, of the time, and he's not going to risk his reputation by just going along with Trump by saying we shouldn't be wearing masks. Well, Jeffrey, Trump, the president has said, apparently, every time, if this is, let me know if this quote is right, every time he goes on television, there's always a bomb, but there's a bigger bomb if you fire him, but Fauci's a disaster. So it does look like the president is going back and forth with whether you fire Fauci, but he thinks that's a bomb if you fire him. Why would he, is that because he knows the American people are turning to Fauci for guidance? Well, the thing about Dr. Fauci, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice enough guy. He was there in the Reagan era when we were dealing with the whole AIDS issue. Um, but, the, but, but, the, but the issue is, you know, you get all these people saying, well, follow the science. Well, OK, follow the science. The fact of the matter is that one of the essentials of science is that you get conflicting scientists and conflicting medical people who have conflicting views of whatever, in this case, how to deal with the virus, et cetera. Dr. Fauci himself was on 60 Minutes saying, don't wear a mask. The Surgeon General was on television saying, don't wear a mask. <laughs> and then then they changed, and they changed because the science changes. You've got different people with different points of view. So Dr. Fauci is uh, a good guy, a smart guy, a good doctor, but that doesn't make him infallible. It doesn't make him infallible, and that is agreed. But what I'm talking about, look, you and I disagree, but I would never call you a disaster. I would never, because you're a respected analyst. And even though I say, well, sometimes I don't know where you're coming from, Jeffrey, but I'm going to always treat you with respect. And to say that you you come from a different place, but hey, that Jeffrey is not a disaster, right? And that's what I'm talking about. You can He can say, ah, Dr. Fulcher, but you know what, but keep treat people around you with decency and respect. They are. Well, I, I certainly heard the president doing just that. He was, on an, he was on an airport tarmac. He was saying all kinds of good things about uh, Dr. Fauci but he was saying the other all kinds day. Of bad things about him, and that's <clears> what <throat> is the concern. But anyway, I, 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 we're, we're going to have, have a lot of you know disagreements going forward. The, the point that I think we've been trying to model here that we would like to see at the highest levels or at the lowest levels 
is that when you, people around you, your colleagues, the American public, we didn't like it. I mean, a lot of people didn't like it when they called Hillary Clinton, called people deplorables. Okay. They're not deplorables. They're hardworking people trying to, to make a living, trying to do their job. That hurt her. And this kind of stuff, honestly, I just don't see how it helps the president during a time where his poll numbers are sinking. But with that, we're both going to, I'm assuming you both will be looking at the debates and we'll be ready to comment on that for next week, if not earlier, right? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Anything you're looking for, anything coming up that we should be aware of that we've missed here? Yeah, I mean, this is your opportunity. What did we miss? Go ahead. I think what's important is, as we, um, as I'm sure that both of you have been following, uh, Speaker Pelosi put a time limit yesterday uh, on um, Trump and the Republicans negotiating a deal for a stimulus package for the American people. That's a big one. They had on the news today that the negotiations progress has been made. So I'm looking to see if if we get a deal today. That's well, one that's, of the main things I'm looking for. And that would be a help for the president, don't you think? I mean, be a help for both of us, but it certainly wouldn't hurt the president. Right, Jeffrey? Right. Right. That's exactly right. right. I mean, there's that. And then again, I come back to these uh, Hunter Biden emails. There's 26,000 of them and you've got all kinds of people going through them <laughs> I can't believe it. I know, Jeffrey, going through them like, one, one by one well so my point is you have no idea what they could find people aren't going to vote on this election based on emails I know that worked with Hillary Clinton four years ago that's not going to work now if people had to choose between getting a stimulus check to help put food on their tables and pay their rent versus <clears throat> an alleged act that might may or may not have happened they're going to choose the stimulus package that's my personal opinion i think people are sick of attacking i mean even i don't think people want to attack come on just stick to the issues leave family members out it 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 is a big issue and it comes in one word it comes in one word swamp that this is how the swamp operates and hasn't gotten any cleaner that's the problem people are seeing it's still a swamp but with that Let's stop. We've got to stop. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. And look, remember, guys, if you want to tune in, you can send us an email at topics at battlegroundpa.org or check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Battleground PA. Listen, sometimes we just don't agree. And that's it. It's a battleground. See you next week. Bye bye.